Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hogg from Source here talking not-for-profits and doing a bit on structures and some of the implications there. We've done a couple of videos on uh, different structures in the not-for-profit space and uh, we can talk about where not-for-profits and for-profits work side by side. Today, I wanted to talk about a, a specific structure where you have a subsidiary, a not-for-profit subsidiary. So an, you are a not-for-profit and you have a subsidiary as a not-for-profit as well. Now, how does that happen? Well, there's a couple of ways or a few ways this, this could happen where as a not-for-profit, you end up with a another company that is a subsidiary to yours that is also not for profit. Now, the first way it can happen is through mergers. So quite often where there is a, two not-for-profits come together, um, rather than there being a, a gifting of assets, they can be just the fact that they, they take control. And I think that's the, the implication here is a subsidiary doesn't need to be ownership. Technically, what a subsidiary is, um, in a lot of instances, is talking about control. So where one entity controls another entity. So in an emergency situation where one entity is in financial trouble or they just want to pull together and, and pull their resources, a way of doing a merger is that effectively one not-for-profit becomes a sole member of another not-for-profit and that way has full control and they become act, be able to act together. The other way um, this can happen is sort of the opposite, is that where a not-for-profit is looking to set up another not-for-profit to eventually stand on its own, is they set it up as a subsidiary. So you set up it as a, you're the sole member of this new not-for-profit you set up and you'll help it grow. And then once it's ready ready to leave the nest, then you'll let other members come on and you'll let go control and it will become its own not-for-profit. And the third way you can have a subsidiary is if you just want to have, um, in some instances, an entity working set up specifically to deal with a specific part of your purpose. So where you've got a, a broader, where you've got a purpose, but then you've got either something specific in a geographical space or technical space that you want an entity to dive into deeper. Sometimes they set up a separate entity to do that, both from a, a risk point of view, from a, a board point of view, and that's what we'll get into. So there's three ways it can happen. Now, what are the implications of having a subsidiary? One, you can have a subsidiary. That's the first thing. Um, the, f- the next thing that I talk to and make sure people are aware of is when you have control of another entity, you need to report a consolidated set of financial statements, which means the combined results of both those entities. Now, that's normally not an issue as long as you're aware of it from the start. So that's one thing just to be aware of from the start. The next thing with the, having a subsidiary not-for-profit is um, a question about the board makeup. Now, do you have same directors on both boards or do you have a subset of directors on the on the subsidiary board or do you have completely different directors on the subsidiary board now that'll depend on why it's there like if you're merging and bringing entities together you're probably going to have boards that are relatively common if not the same board structure if you're looking to set up a new not-for-profit you might have a mix because you want you know the existing knowledge coming from the current not-for-profit and the new directors who are going to take the fledgling not-for-profit away coming in learning as well. If you're having a specialized subsidiary dealing with a specialized part of your not-for-profit's activities, you might want to have a completely different board that are focused on that speciality. So it depends. But 
it's something to think about. And again, when you're looking at skills-based boards, you want to make sure the board is put that's put in place for that subsidiary is effective in achieving the purpose that you set up that subsidiary for. Now, alongside of that is recognizing that the directors of subsidiary have the same responsibility as, a direct, as the director of any other entity because they're the director of an entity. So they still need to make sure they are obliged to do their director obligations. Now, because of that, you may want to look at how the constitution is structured, and that is to incorporate aspects into the constitution of the subsidiary to give directors, I suppose, comfort that they're meeting their um, duties as directors. So where the controlling entity wants something done, you want something that enables it to be able to direct that board and that the directors can take comfort that in the constitution, the parent entity can direct the subsidiary. Other things you might want to think of in a constitutional point of view is how other members are appointed. Again, depending on why the subsidiary is set up, you might want to restrict members being appointed or you might want to have the process in there for future members being appointed, but you want to be clear on that. Similarly, with the directors of the subsidiary, you want to know, is it just the now the parent entity that can appoint directors or can casual appointments be made by the board itself? So again, having a look at these Mechanisms that are normal and are not for profit by itself, but might want to be tweaked when you're looking at a subsidiary not for profit um, as part of your group. Then the last part is how the governance of this group of entities is going to work, these two entities. Now, the governance is more not the constitution, not the director's duties, not your what you're required to do from a compliance point of view, but how's it going to work? So one of the first questions is, well, from a, a, an overhead or corporate um, uh, expenditure point of view, so back office, HR, IT, finance, is that all being done by one entity? Like is the parent doing that for both entities or is that not the plan? Like what is the plan for that? that how is that going to work? Similarly, when you look at things like setting strategy, is the parent entity setting strategy for the whole group or are you actually wanting the, the other board to set the strategy as well or... How do they do that? Similarly with the CEO, is the CEO for the parent, the CEO for the subsidiary, or are you having separate employment structures there or corporate structures there? So how the entities are going to work and engage is important to understand from the start, have a concept of how that's going to work and document how that's going to work. And obviously these things change. So as it evolves, as if you're merging an entity, the merger becomes tighter and things have sort of come together there's probably less of a need as uh, if you're trying to you know, set up a new not-for-profit, as that new not-for-profit gains more independence, you are going to have to make changes on how the relationship works because at some point, they're going to be separate and standalone. So it's a really interesting topic I find having a subsidiary not-for-profit and it definitely has applications where it works and it's just some considerations you need to take into account when going through that process or when you become part of a board that has one of these subsidiary not-for-profits. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, that video today on not-for-profit subsidiaries and you can check out our YouTube uh, video where we've got a lot of other videos on governance and not-for-profits and other structure uh, challenges or, or, or opportunities you might have in not-for-profit space. So I appreciate your time today. Thanks for watching the video. It's been Justin Hogg from RightSource. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series and if you'd like some more information, Check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. 
Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from Rightsource.